0: Hello and welcome to a new episode of Twenties and Retail's podcast, I'm Vincent Panels. In today's episode, my guest is Michel Gebert, Managing Director of Chateau Tanunda, an Australian vineyard in the Barossa region. Together, we discuss a little bit of the history of the vineyard, obviously, but also how today winemakers would need to think of sustainability. Also, she will explain how different sales channels and creating wine clubs allow winemakers to create more intense and personal relationships with their consumers. Here's my chat with Michelle. All right, uh, well, hello, Michelle, and thank you for being here.
1: Hello, Vincent. It's a real pleasure to be here today. Thank you.
0: Um, today we're going to talk about uh, uh, Australian wines and more particularly uh, Chateau Tanunda, your your, your winery. Um, maybe let's just start with, with a little bit of the history of the Chateau, because you're 120 years old. I mean, not yourself, but the, the domain. Uh, <laughs> Uh, maybe <laughs> start with, with a little bit of history overview of a view of your Chateau Tanunda, please.
1: Yeah, wonderful. We're, we're one, over 130 now today. 130, so, sorry. Um, established in 1890. So Chateau Tanunda is my family winery and it has actually a very beautiful history. Um, it's considered the birthplace of the Barossa and one of the most historically significant winery buildings in Australia. And it's very much linked to the success of the Barossa Valley um, as one of Australia's most famous wine regions and so I'd love to share a little bit of the story of of the Barossa as well when I I tell the story of the Chateau and so um, it was in 1842 when the Barossa was originally settled um, by German European immigrants there are about 560 families that planted uh, 72 varieties from from Europe Um, and so the place where Chateau Tananda is, the estate itself is is very significant because it is where the first winery of the Barossa Valley um, was built there in 1847 and then later in 1890 Chateau Tanunda. So it was a real... Um, awe-inspiring vision of these three entrepreneurs who had the idea to create this magnificent chateau uh, in Australia, in the Barossa Valley. Um, I would love for you to be able to see it, but uh, to share some of the vision, it is over 100 meters long, 20 meters high, a real chateau um, that was always built with the idea to, to produce wine.
0: That's actually because we say chateau, and, and, and you just said like uh, uh, German and, and, and other immigrants, but chateau is a French name. Uh, how come in Australia, you get to call yourself chateau? That's, that's quite peculiar, I think.
1: It is, absolutely. And so we know that today also in Europe um, the in in France, they have protected the name Chateau. It's no longer possible uh, around the world to name yourself a Chateau. So Chateau Tananda has this incredible history, From 130 years, it was always called Chateau to It looks like a chateau um, and it was always exporting its wines to Europe. In fact, that was the passion and the vision. And around this time in 1890, we had uh, the issue of phylloxera in, in the wine world. And so these incredible people had this idea that, you know, Australia and the Barossa in particular is a phenomenal region for growing wine and we had the opportunity to really stand amongst some of the best wines in the world and bring Australian wine and quality uh, to Europe and so that's what they did and that's what we continue to do today as our passion and vision Um, And due to this history of always exporting wine and always having the name Chateau Tananda on the label, we were able to really, we we fought our rights at The Hague um, in the courts and we won that case due to the grandfather rights of uh, of the mark and the name um, and its significant history in exporting wines.
0: Okay, so you, you still continue to call yourself Chateau and that's totally legitimate when I, when I hear this uh, and, and put in even like court uh, ordered. So that's actually quite quite interesting. Um, now, let, let's get more into uh, questions about uh, the environment and because we know that is something very important for the, for the wine industry today. And in, in 2020, uh, next to COVID, Australia also had to face uh the 2020 wildfires um how did he affect in general the australian wine production and and your uh, chateau as well uh, obviously
1: yeah so um Of course, this was a a terrible um, moment and experience for us uh, in 2020. Luckily for Chateau Tanunda specifically, uh, in the Barossa Valley, it's more than 1,200 kilometres from the specific regions in New South Wales and Victoria where the fires um, impacted and affected. So for us, we had uh, no damage to the vines um, and, you know, no issues with, what becomes a challenge is also maybe some of the, the smoke that may affect, uh, you know, the grapes. There there was a place uh, a little closer to us in, in the Adelaide Hills where sadly some of the, you know, vines in the region um, were burnt. But we've really found, you know, in Australia, a great community response uh, to those winemakers and vignerons who were affected and they've received a lot of help in in rebuilding. Um, Again, for us, it, it wasn't such a challenge. But for these these other places, unfortunately, that meant that the 2020 vintage, the, the wines there, um, you know, were either downgraded or needed to be distilled in that time. Um, but it's very interesting as well, because in Australia, um, we have a, a university called Australian Wine Research Institute. That is well known around the world, um, who have really also developed some leading technology in being able to measure um, smoke compounds and you know some ideas in um, around the picking time and 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 natural tannin um, treatment before fermentation that can can help when when some of these issues arise.
0: Okay, good, and 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 uh, to to continue on these topic about uh, uh, environment and, and CSR, um, maybe you can tell us, I, I would expect that CSR is quite a big concern today for for production in general in the wine uh, industry, but also for yourself. Uh, how do you tackle those aspects, for example, within production? Uh, are there, are there yeah. efforts that you guys made?
1: So I would I just like to say what I find so encouraging at the moment. Um, I was just recently at an Australian agriculture food forum um, with the leaders of the Australian wine industry and agriculture. Um, what I I really like to see that sustainability was um, an issue that we spoke about, uh, but. I've really seen a shift um, in the way that people ask the questions, you know, a couple of years ago, unfortunately, I think we were still the global leaders or, you know, um, people were still asking, you know, is, is it climate change? This was almost the question uh, today. We've moved so far from that. Uh, the questions are now, okay, sustainability is important. What can we do to be more sustainable? How can we offset, um, you know, focus on renewables and and things like this? And so... Um, it's very encouraging to see. And so in this food forum and, you know, our conversations with retailers today, uh, we are always bringing up sustainability and what are the things that we are doing to um, be more sustainable. And I think that this uh, goes in a couple of different areas. So for example, Mm -hmm. one of them um, is energy consumption. Uh, So, I'm very proud that we um, have focused on solar at Chateau Tananda. So we put in a a huge uh, solar panels um, on the roofs of our buildings, which is uh, wonderful. And it now um, enables us to have more than 30% of our energy is from our own solar and to, for the, the remainder of that, we are working towards um, making the rest of the energy that we buy renewables, and that is something that's of enabled um, by the energy providers in Australia. So that's very exciting. Um, there are other areas that we focus, like water. We do our own recycling of water on our estate. Uh, you know, when you look at packaging, you look at the the cartons and the labels, we look at recyclable, uh, making sure that these are using recycled papers, uh, recycled card, and also in glass, we look at lightweight glass. Um, so these are some of the areas around production, of course, then you even can get into the vineyards. Um, And it's very interesting in Australia. And one of the um, areas that we focus with Chateau Tanunda is in our old vine expressions. So we have some very, um, you know, beautiful limited release wines from vineyards where the vines are 50 years old, 100 years old, or even 150 years old, uh, which is incredible. These are some of the oldest vines in the world. Uh, They're also from original European rootstock um which is you know it's funny because we're considered new worlds in australia um but in fact these wines are some of the you know uh can be older than the the vines in the old world and they're from the the original um the vines themselves so it's it's very exciting so um in this way, you know, sustainability, it, you can see that these vineyards are sustainable because these vines are, are so old. But, but we're very lux- lucky we, in Australia, in Barossa in particular, we have the luxury of um, a great climate, which already sort of by default means that we, um, you know, we don't need to do too much in terms of, you know, anything that we what we add to the vineyards or how we manage the vineyards during during the, the season. So um, this is already sort of hand in hand with the way that we practice.
0: All right. Well, and and and. That's quite interesting because you just mentioned that it's uh the sustainability is a word that always comes when you talk with, with the trade. Um yes. is it extremely important for the trade today still that they they do understand the fact that uh sustainability is important, I understand. But do they also make it some sort of requirement for wine vineyards to to do business with then?
1: So I think more and more the, the conversation is moving and we all know um, the conversations that we have is that it is the priority and certainly in the future, the next couple of years, I think there will be a real expectation um, that we're all moving towards our sustainable certifications the ability to communicate that with um, certifications on the label or how you communicate it in your on your websites or or um, to the consumer in customers in some way so no today it's they're not it's not yet a must be but we all understand and acknowledge that it's um, something we want to work towards and I imagine it's not too far away that, uh, that, that it's possibly a, a requirement.
0: All right. And, and let, let, let's continue still on that spirit of the, the trade discussions and, and because you are selling your wine basically all over the world. Uh, yes. and, and what are the main struggles? I mean, you as a wine from Australia to sell your wine all over the world is it transport is it discussion is it contact with trade like on the other side of of the planet or on other continents
1: yeah so um I guess some of the challenges can be um, certainly distance. Australia is a is a long way away, a, a 20, 20 hour flight um, that hasn't been so easy in the in the last couple two years or so. There, there could be challenges like language or culture um, that, that we need to overcome potentially understanding, uh, you know, flavour or interest in varieties that um, relate to the regions that we have and what we produce. Um, but, you know, for us in our company, our family business, we like to talk to our customers and consumers in the language that they understand. So I think we are quite unique in that we have people, um, we ensure that we can converse in in French or um, German, for example. Um, when we export to Asia, we make sure that um, in our teams that we're able to speak the language of the customers that we, we communicate with. Um, that is certainly one way we overcome those
0: barriers. All right, so, so thinking of culture is definitely important uh, in, in, in that sense. Um, and, and let's move on to selling even more, uh, because I noticed you work with uh, classic retail, of course, uh, both off-trade and on-trade, uh, but you also have different channels. Uh, I've seen that you work with uh, wine clubs and also do some direct sales to consumer. Like where does, How does that all fit in, and, and what is your vision in, in that particular segment, I would say? Yeah.
1: So I think that wine clubs today, um, they're very exciting. Now, these are wine clubs, whether it's uh, through the supermarkets themselves, who are engaging more and more in the ability to have wine clubs uh, with their consumer, um, or whether it is... with us directly so that would be more um based in australia where we have people who visit our cellar door and then they become part of a wine club and i think what is so great about this space is that it really opens the door for a more personalized experience with wine Um, a way to get to know the wines you know, because when you're in a wine club, you can email your customers. Often, there's somebody else on the other side of the email. People can call uh, call somebody. It's almost like a wine concierge, um, and so it really provides uh, an opportunity for people to uh, gain more uh, wine knowledge. Um, there are events that you can have in relation to your wine clubs, which is very exciting, whether that's virtual or in-person events, but really it also opens an opportunity to give people access to wines that are not so readily available. So these are often wines that are more limited um, in how much was, was produced. They are, there are, it's not easy to to bring them to a retailer. So what I really like about the space and what's so interesting is that um, it gives people a chance to have different wine experiences. So, you know, we all like to have our wines um, that you can have for dinner at night. You can, in, you know, enjoy with your friends on the weekend. You're thinking, I oh, what am I going to buy at the supermarket? I'm going to go and do my wine shopping at the same time. But then there is the opportunity to explore perhaps, you know, what is that wine that I want, uh, you know, for my, father's 50th birthday for example or for my wedding anniversary okay um, what can i really go and sell in my cellar something maybe a little bit more special um a little a little more uh niche so to give an example we have a wine um that we make It's called 100 year old vine Shiraz now we only make um always less than 1000 cases of this wine. It's very special. Um, it costs around 160 Australian dollars a bottle, um, but this is the kind of wine that is available through wine clubs. Um, so it enables this ability to explore in a way that um, is different to, you know, the Grand Barossa that you can, that you can get at Dale Hayes uh, or our Matthews Road or our established wines.
0: All right. Well, so if I understand correctly, the, the the future will is really definitely about sustainability and and direct personalized experience with your consumers in this way for for your wine uh, industry, and and yeah, um, I will. let so you it, it, yeah.
1: it's 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 two ways. I think two it's ways. so important. It's so important to have. Great wines of quality that you can have every day. That is convenient because we all love to be able to have something right there at our fingertips. Um, and certainly, you know, when you have a wine, it might be ten euro, it might be twenty euro. This that you can have on like a regular basis. So important and exciting. And these are these are good wines um, to have. And it is, you know, what we have every day but with the wine clubs there's an opportunity on special occasions to to find something a little bit different so it's both is important
0: both are important and 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 that's actually a very interesting approach and and we could talk about this for hours i would say but then sadly i'm going to have to shut us on here as (laughs) it's always time limited uh, Michel, thank you very much for being here and uh, hopefully one day I'll be able to visit the, the Barossa region and, and your vineyard.
1: Thank you so much, Vincent. It was a wonderful um, time with you this evening. Enjoy it very much.
0: Well, that's all for today. If you want to get in touch, do not hesitate to send me an email with your comments or requests or whatever that you want to chat about. Also, I invite you to check out the website 20centretail.com for more retail stories and join us next week for a new episode. In the meantime, thank you for listening.